Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board. It is Tuesday, May the 3rd. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper are here with you to break down a 16-game MLB slate. That's right, Braves and Mets got a doubleheader today, so we have 16 games to choose from on this Tuesday. DVR, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing great. It's the second best weekday of the week for baseball with uh, the full slate in most of those games concentrated at night i like when we we sneak a double header in though to get some early action in yeah I, I do too and i'm actually going to be making a pick from the nightcap of that double header among my three picks so we both have three picks for you on this episode of best on the board six picks covered in all six games covered in all excuse me no doubling up in, in any games here so we've got six of the 16 games with plays for you uh dbr why don't we go to you first here it takes a very brave man to want to be backing the Cincinnati Reds in any sort of way, an even braver one to be doing so against Brandon Woodruff. That is exactly what you are doing. It's Tyler Molly for the Reds, Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers. What do you got for us in this matchup? You know, I think it's a case where we have two pitchers who are significantly underperforming expectations so yes. far in Woodruff and Molly. And the gap between them when they're both good is smaller than this line reflects. That's that's where I'm at. I'm looking at the Reds for the first five at plus 180. And I like that bet because I think you're you're not dealing with the Brewers' bullpen depth, right? You, you, the longer this game goes, the more the Reds' flaws would be exposed. So first five, I feel like you're getting some value. With Mally, you're talking about a guy that has an ERA over six, and a whip at 166 right now. But it's over a strikeout per inning. The peripherals generally look similar to what we've seen in recent years. The advanced ERA indicator, Sierra still has them under four. So I think you look back at what's happened so far, bad luck on balls in play, terrible luck with runners on base. His strand rate so far this season, his left on base percentage is 54.1%. It's ridiculous how bad he is. So I'm looking at this Reds team, and I'm also saying, look, they're bad, but they're not as bad as they were in April. And part of the reason they were so bad in April is because they caught one of the most difficult schedules in the big leagues. Clearly, the Brewers are the favorite right now in the NL Central. Yes, betting on a 3-19 and team is not <laughs> something I ordinarily feel good about. Sure. But this particular bet makes a lot of sense to me. I still think I have a lot of questions about the Brewers' offense. I know they ended up having a pretty good series overall over the weekend against the Cubs. Had a home run barrage against Kyle Hendricks on the bet Kyle Hendricks over uh, prop <laughs> recommendation. So yes, applause for me. <laughs> yeah, there you but go. That went really well. What's up? Um, so since I've got this team so well pinned down, I figured I would just hone in them some more. I, I just think, look, the market is, is, is giving you value on the Reds right now because no one wants to bet on the Reds. And I just think Tyler Malley's a little underrated. Yeah, Woodruff might bounce back. But this is a 
closer to even pitching matchup than people realize. What do you make of Woodruff's struggles so far this season? The K's way down and the walks way up in the first, what, he's made four starts so far this year? Yeah, and I think it's actually some of the same problems we've seen with Malley. One in particular, just a bad strand rate, 59.3% left on base percentage. But his advanced ERA indicators are actually up about a half run from where they've been each of the last two seasons, up at 389 so far. It's uncharacteristically poor control. It's a strikeout rate that's down. He's still getting a lot of swinging strikes, and he's still not getting hit in the zone very often. So it's a bit of a mystery for me with Woodruff. He hasn't lost a lot of velocity. Uh, I think it's just locating where he wants to. Comes comes all the way back to command, and poor command is not usually an issue for him. So I do think a, a turnaround is coming, and maybe this matchup is exactly what he needs to get back in the right direction. It has the feeling of uh, of a game where both pitchers could be facing a lineup that is just what the doctor ordered. So the uh, under three and a half runs in the first inning or the first five innings, excuse me, at minus one fifteen. Also, maybe not a bad way to get invested in this Reds Brewers matchup tonight. Uh, as I said, I've got a play from uh, Mets Braves nightcap, so that's where I'm going to go for my first play. It is the Mets plus one hundred five against the Braves in this one. David Peterson and Kyle Wright. Uh, look, this is just uh, again, this is a market play. Uh, I think the Braves deserve to be favored with the way Kyle Wright has thrown the ball this season. I think that, you know, it's totally fine here. But David Peterson's thrown the ball pretty well, too. He's been forced into the Mets bull rotation because of the uh, injuries that they have faced. And he's probably going to get squeezed out of the rotation once they do get healthy. But with this being a doubleheader, he gets to make another start here. And he's just thrown the ball really, really well. And you you match that up with what the, the Mets have done offensively. This is a team that is not striking out at all. This is a team that is taking plenty of walks. This is a team that is one of the few in the majors that is finding power in multiple spots in its lineup. I just think the numbers are a bit off here. You got the Mets sitting at plus 105 in this matchup and the Braves at minus 125. I just think that's a little too much here. I would actually, even though I think it's a a fair enough number, I don't think like, oh my God, this is a huge edge toward the Mets. This feels like a game that should just be minus 110 on both sides. That's really more what I look at in this one. And just to to give you an idea of where these teams sit based on the pitching matchup, the first game of the day between these two teams is Charlie Morton against Carlos Carrasco, and the Mets are minus 125, with the Braves being at plus 105. So if you think that it just feels like the, the, the pitching matchup is swinging the odds too much in this game when you consider what the Mets have done offensively through their first 20, 22 games or so here this season. And that's why with Peterson throwing the ball as well as he has, even though we know it's probably five and die for him, I feel comfortable backing the Mets getting a little bit of plus money. Yeah, I think that all that all makes sense. I mean, the Mets have the third best offense in the league right now based on WRC plus Atlanta, still closer to a league average unit, but most of the season, of course, played without Ronald Acuna Jr., who's now back. So I think they are going to take their place probably inside the top 10 in terms of league's offenses as this season unfolds. So I'm with you there. I do think Peterson's a little bit more of a, a relative mystery on this pitching slate for me. He's one of those guys that I, I'm not entirely sure what to make of him, but that Mets offense could score runs against anybody. Yep, definitely feel like the pitching matchup is just weighing a little bit too heavily in this game, which is why I'm back in the Mets at plus 105. Let's go out west, DVR, Rays, and A's getting together for game two of their series. We've got Ryan Yarbrough going for the Rays. Paul Blackburn, who is off to a great and sort of mystifying start this season, going for the A's. On the money line, the Rays are minus 135, and the A's plus 110. What do you like in this matchup? 
I really just like that the A's are terrible, and I think you're <laughs> sure. you're getting so much, so much. Like we're going to reach a point, and it's going to be maybe only a couple of weeks where this matchup would be more. It would look more like the Brewers car or the Brewers Reds lines for tonight, where the Reds or the Rays would be at like a minus one eighty, minus two hundred sort of favorite. I think that's the gap between these two teams. I think the line is not even close. I don't care how well Paul Blackburn has pitched. I was watching this A's lineup a bit last night. It's putrid. They're, how are they going to score runs? I know Ryan Yarbrough has the start for the Rays, and he may only be, be able to go three or four innings because in his last rehab start, he didn't pitch all that deep into the game. Who cares? The Rays have one of the deepest, best bullpens in the league. They're going to come at you with four or five relievers that all have different looks, different arm angles, different stuff. And you're telling me that a lineup of Stephen Piscotty and Sean Murphy and Chad Pinder and Sheldon Noisy and Christian Bettencourt and Seth Brown and Elvis Andrews are going to find a way to hit it? No. Uh, I, this this is completely backing my previous assertion that the A's are going to be an under-their-win-total team by a lot. I don't buy anything that was happening in the, the early part of their season. I know they caught the Orioles and had some success against them and got a few wins that way. This team's a joke. It's an absolute joke. The Rays need to make some layups, and I think they're going to do that on Tuesday night. And they looked horrible in that game on Monday night. I mean, Drew Rasmussen, another guy who's off to a good start this season. Uh, it's not like he was blowing them away, but he was just he, he was totally in control. I mean, he had three Ks in that game. He walked a batter. I mean, he he wasn't just like mowing them down, but the A's just could do nothing against him. Absolutely nothing. And I don't see why we should expect that to be different against really any pitcher. Obviously, they're going to have their eight-run games and their 10-run games and whatever, but they go into every matchup, I think, as a significant underdog, their offense against almost any major league starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, this is a team last night. The A's had three hard hit balls all night. 95 <laughs> plus, you know, little flame emoji if you like the baseball savant box scores. Two Rays players had three on their own. Randy Rosarana and Manuel Margot each had three hard hit oh balls. God. They matched the A's team total. Where is it coming from? How, yeah. how are they going to hit anybody on any given night? I just think take advantage of this while you can because I think the market's going to catch up to how awful the A's are. Maybe with rosters being pared down over the weekend, there's a few waiver claims. Maybe there's some trades on the horizon. They'll get slightly better over time, but I don't see it coming anytime soon. Robinson Cano. He's the, uh, the Oakland A's savior this year. I did think about him as one <laughs> of the teams that at the league minimum would probably yeah. consider bringing him in. I guess he seems kind of redundant, though, with Jed Lowry there. Sure. Ugh, okay. I, what, what a mess right <laughs> what, now. Yes. yes, that is going to be a bad, bad team that we can bet against all season long. For my second pick, I'm going to go to a game that's probably going to have a few more hard hit balls than what the A's uh, put out last night. And it's Yankees and Blue Jays. This is uh, a pretty good pitching matchup. You've got Jamison Tyone going for the Yankees. Alec Manoa off to a great start this year. He takes the ball for the Blue Jays on the money line. It is Blue Jays minus 130. It is Yankees plus 110. I got to back Manoa here, DVR. I love what he has done to start this season. Uh, he proved himself last year in degree of difficulty matchups. This, of course, is going to be a high degree of difficulty matchup. But he's basically picked up right where he left off a season ago. And so take a look at the StatCast page. It's, it's red everywhere. Uh, it's deep red in a lot of places where you want to see it. X-Woba, X-Slug, X-ERA, Barrel Rate, all those. The deep, deep red that you're looking for from a dominant starting pitcher. And so it tells us that... He's got what it takes to be able to handle 
a tough Yankees lineup. He can get through this lineup two and a half, three times and keep them at bay. And so I just, I, I like this. I like this price. Once again, I think that this is a fair reflection of the pitching advantage that Toronto starts this game off with. It's not, again, once again, not the sort of matchup where I'm like minus 130. Oh my God, this is a huge advantage. What are they thinking about pricing it here? It's a fair price, but I also think it's one that is worth taking because of the pitching gap between Manoa and Tyone. And then even on top of that, not sure why I put that intonation on Tyone's name, but on top of that, the way, like how much this changes for these pitchers when they face elite top tier lineups. Manoa is in a much better spot. He has much better stuff to be able to handle a top tier lineup. Tyone can match uh, Manoa, I think, pitch for pitch against middle-of-the-pack lineups, but when he has to take a step up like he will against Toronto's lineup tonight, it becomes a little bit tougher for him. So I'm going to back Manoa. I think he can handle this. I think the Blue Jays win this game. Yeah, Manoa, I think, is one of the more impressive young pitchers in the league so far. And aside from you know great stuff, good underlying numbers, he just doesn't look like he gets rattled on the mound, like these these tough interdivision matchups, so you get late season matchups, I, you trust him. He's just one of those young guys that does not seem to be bothered by the big moment whatsoever. Uh, so I, I like the value there, and I agree with you on, on Tyon. I think he's a he's a good pitcher, but he's a couple notches below what Alec Manoa currently is, and and certainly what Alec Manoa's ceiling happens to be. DVR, arguably the pitching matchup of the night, and probably not even arguably, is taking place between the Giants and the Dodgers in L.A. It's Carlos Rodon for the Giants and Julio Arias for the Dodgers in this one. The Giants sitting at plus 120 on the money line. The Dodgers minus 145. Where are you going in this one? I like the Giants. I mean, plus 120 with Carlos Rodon, who looks like the favorite for the NL Cy Young Award right now. I mean, I think he'd be up there with Corbin Burns and a few other names for sure, but I, I, the gap between what Rodon has done to begin this season and what Urias has done to begin this season is staggering. Carlos Rodon has struck out 43.2% of the batters he's faced this year. It's more than double the strikeout rate that Urias has. Like, Urias has been off to a little bit of a bumpy start. You now he opened at Coors, but he looks a little different right now. His velo's down. He needs to show us that he's the guy that he was throughout last season before we can completely trust him to be that near ace level pitcher again. Rodon is absolutely that guy right now. I mean, it's incredible what he has put together. The thing that also stands out to me right now is I look at these two teams today. The Dodgers are a very good offense. They're a plus or they're a 110 WRC plus. So they're sitting inside the top 10, not that far away from even being a top five offense. The Giants aren't that far behind. They're at a 107 WRC plus. So I know we we get fixated a lot on the Dodgers big names and understandably so that's impressive star power, but the actual results to this point are only slightly better. So if the difference in the offenses is very small and the difference in the starting pitching is larger than we think, I've got to be on the giant side of this one. It's it's a lot like the first bet you were talking about going with the Mets side uh, at plus 105. I just think you're getting good value from the giants here because the public is still skeptical that this team is as good as it was a year ago. And when Carlos Rodon or Logan Webb have the ball, I think they're probably as good as anybody. I think that's really the, what drives this one for me. Cause I like this play also. And bottom line, I don't care who the giants are playing. When Carlos Rodon is pitching, I don't care who the offense is. I don't care who is pitching for that team. I just don't think Carlos Rodon should ever be attached to a plus 120 line. 
he he's too good. He was too good last year. He's following that up with an excellent start to this season. He's just too good when he's out there. And so, like, plus 120, Dodgers are great. The Dodgers are awesome. The Dodgers could knock him around. The Dodgers could give him a tough night tonight. But before the game, this guy should be coming into everything with, like, maybe, maybe. They're, they're in L.A. He's facing L.A. Arias on the other side. You want to make this plus 105 for the Giants? You want to make it plus 110 for the Giants? Sure, that makes some sense. Plus 120 does not give Carlos Rodon anywhere near enough credit that he deserves. So this is a, this is a really good find, DVR. I like this quite a bit. I, I I imagine this is it your favorite of the three plays you've got for us today. It, it is. I I've, I think I went in order of uh, the if, if if I were spreading out. Let's say if I had a, if I were betting a hundred dollars today, it'd probably be half of that going on this last game and thirty bucks going on the the Rays and probably twenty going on the first five on the Reds. Maybe even a little less on the Reds, relatively speaking, because they're three and nineteen. But. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, this of the three, this is the bet that I'm the most confident in. It's a strong one. Carlos Rodon plus 120. It almost feels like an auto bet with the way he is going. I am going to go to a very different type of matchup to round things out on this show. I'm going to Marlins and D-backs where we've got Trevor Rogers going to the mound for the Marlins and Humberto Castillo, Castellanos excuse me, taking the ball for the Diamondbacks. The Marlins are big favorites on the money line. That's not a huge, uh, huge surprise. Marlins are off to a pretty decent start so far this season. And the Diamondbacks, well, they're the Diamondbacks. So I'm actually going to go away from that. I'm going to lay the run and a half. I'm going to lay the run line and get plus 115 on the Marlins because I think Trevor Rogers should be able to dominate this uh, Arizona lineup that is sitting fourth from the bottom in the majors in Woba. 277 Woba on the year. They have been basically as bad as expected in that way. They have the third highest K rate in the majors at 25.5%. One thing they do do is walk, and that is somewhere where Trevor Rogers has gotten into trouble in the past, and so if he uh, can't find the zone, Arizona will happily let him put them on base. They have a 10.1% walk rate on the year. They're one of just four teams in double digits and walk rate. And the other three, Seattle, San Diego, and the Dodgers. So offenses that we generally respect. Arizona putting themselves with them there. But so long as Trevor Rogers can live in the zone tonight, he's going to be able to dominate this lineup. And I think he can do that. Meanwhile, Miami DVR, this is another team that takes a ton of walks. They're sixth in the majors in walk rate. And they've been doing a little bit of everything else too, as well. They are a top, uh, just fell out. No, yeah, they are a top top 10 team in Woba. They are tied for 10th in Woba on the season. So I think there's enough here. Humberto Castellanos, obviously a very unknown commodity for Arizona. You combine that with the way that Rodgers should be able to handle this lineup. And, and I feel comfortable getting plus money by laying the run and a half. Yeah, for Arizona, the offensive damage they do tends to come with the long ball. We know Miami is a difficult place to hit home runs. So I think that also works against this lineup right now. I think they're the only team in the league below the Mendoza line as a team at this point. The Diamondbacks hitting 185, 275, 332 as a team entering play on Tuesday. That is absolutely atrocious. And to, to have a 10 plus percent walk rate as a team and still be that far below a 300 OBP is almost impossible. Hard I wouldn't believe it were possible if we weren't seeing it right before our eyes. So uh, that should be an indication of what Rodgers uh, goes into this matchup with, uh, just how big a gap he has going up against that Arizona offense. So there are our six plays for this 16-game MLB slate on Tuesday. That will do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for being with us. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Good luck, happy betting, and we'll talk to you soon.